In our message today, we're going to go to an Old Testament story, or a narrative, I guess I should say. I hesitate to say story because people think that we're making up stories or we're telling fables. But we're going to the book of 2 Kings, chapter 6. 2 Kings, chapter 6. So our main character, or one of our main characters, I guess you should say, um, is Elisha. Elisha. Now, Elisha is, could possibly be confused with Elijah. But we're here, we're talking about Elisha. Elisha is the uh, successor to Elijah. So it was Elijah that was uh, on Mount Carmel and the fire fell and things like that, but Elisha is his successor. And there's a lot of miracles that Elisha was involved in. And so we come into this part, and I wanted to give you just a little bit of the background in the, in the history at what we are talking about here. At this point, there is the northern and the southern kingdoms in Israel. After Solomon, they, there was a split. Remember uh, David and, and uh, you would have had Saul, David, and Solomon. There was the unite, we got into the United Kingdoms, but then there was a split. And you had the northern kingdom of Israel and then the southern kingdom of Judah. The capital of the southern kingdom, you probably could guess it, is Jerusalem. And the capital of the northern kingdom is Samaria. And so there's a lot of history that goes back and forth. As, and as you, as you um, think about this history, and you think about you know, when they get taken over into captivity, that some get into captivity to Babylon, and you see the different battles. And so here we're talking about Israel, the northern kingdom. So here in 2 Kings, in the northern kingdom, it's, a, it's Syria that's attacking. It's Syria that's causing them problems. And so with that background, we're going to enter our scripture at this point and uh, learn and see what the Lord would, would tell us today. 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 8 through 23. Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel. And he consulted with the servant, saying, My camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are coming down there. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him, and he was watchful there, not just once or twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? One of his servants said, None of my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. So he said, Go and see where he is, and I may send and get him. And was told him, saying, Surely he is in Dothan. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there that came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God rose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And a servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? 
So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. The Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. Behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So when the Syrians came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Strike this people, I pray, with blindness. And he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. Now Elisha said to them, This is not the way, nor is this the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. But he led them to Samaria. So it was when they had come to Samaria that Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes, and they saw, and there they were inside Samaria. Now when the king of Israel saw them, he said to Elisha, My father, shall I kill them? Shall I kill them? But he answered, You shall not kill them. Would you kill those whom you have taken captive with your sword and your bow? Set food and water before them, that they may eat and drink and go to their master. He prepared a great feast for them, and after they ate and drank, he sent them away, and they went to their master. So the bands of the Syrian raiders came to war into the land of Israel. May God has blessing to the reading of his word. Now, sometimes if you're going ahead and you're seeing that next, there are some battles that take place with the Syrians, but uh, one of the commenta- a commentator I looked at noted that what's happening in the rest of the chapter actually took place probably a year from now. So if you're intending to read ahead a year from the, the place in the story, I want to illustrate that to you. So you got the picture there. The... Syrians are having uh, skirmishes, as it were, uh, along the boundaries. Maybe they're raiders. And they're going in, and and as they plan and they contrive what they're going to do, they go to do it, and they get there, and it's thwarted. Something's happening. And so the king of Syria thinks that there's a traitor in his ranks. He's like, who is it? What's going on? And the response, well, it's none of us. It's Elisha. It's Elisha. Because to the extent even what you're saying in your bedroom, what you're saying in secret, Elisha's telling the king. And we know the scripture tells us that's what's happening is Elisha is being informed. God's informing him. And Elisha finds out and he goes, tells the kings. And it is thwarted. It is thwarted. And so then, as the story keeps going, as we paint that picture, you think about it now. They're like, where can we find Elisha? And they're like, well, he's in Dauphin. He's in Dauphin. And my research tells me that the Dauphin is about 12 miles. I was reading one of, one of the sources that I used for commentary that I was looking at. It's 12 miles from Dauphin to Samaria. And remember, Samaria is the capital of the northern kingdom of Israel. Jerusalem's the capital of the southern kingdom of Judah. And so it's 12 miles from Dothan, Dothan to Samaria. So the Syrian king assembles this great mass of people, this army, sends down his battle forces for this one person. This one person that's undermining what's going on. And it says to get him. I don't know what get him means, but for this one person. And so they surround them in the city of Dothan. So now they're surrounded, and the servant gets up to do his chores or whatever, for whatever reason, 
And he looks, and the city is surrounded. And so naturally, he is in fear. He's in fear. And so what are we going to do? What is the situation? And there's a, that line in here that he says to his servant. Elisha responds, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. But the, the servant can't see him. And so Elisha prays, and the servant's, this young man's eyes are open, and he sees horses and chariots of fire throughout the mountain. They're protected. There is more with us than is with them. You don't need to worry about it because there's more with us than is with them. He prays and asks God to strike them with blindness. The Syri all these Syrian forces strike them with blindness and they can't see. And he's like, this is not the way, nor this is the city. I'll take you to who you need, who you're looking for. Now, Elisha is the person he's looking for, but Elisha wants to, to take them. He's going to take them. And where is he going to take them to? He's going to take them on a 12-mile hike. A 12-mile hike. Just think about a 12-mile hike. And they're blind. They can't see. I don't know if they're grabbing the reins of the horses or I don't know, I don't know how all that's working. But he, they follow him. I don't know, why would you trust some stranger that you can't even see to where you need to go? But they're blind, and so they follow him all the way to Samaria. So that takes them into the capital of the northern kingdom. They're in the capital of the northern kingdom. And when their eyes are open, they find out they're in the capital of the northern kingdom. And the opportunist, the king of Israel, is like, do I kill him? Do I kill him? And he's told no. If you would have taken them as prisoner in battle, would you have taken them? And here they are. They're just completely surrounded. So they feed them and send them back their other way. So they, the utter power of God is demonstrated that you're coming in and you can't see, you're made vulnerable to the point that we take you into our major city inside of it and you're surrounded. We, they could have done anything to him. They could have killed him. And just so you know, King, here they are back. Pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. When you think about that in those different in that different context. So let's go back and, and let's open up some context pieces in there. If we look into the point of the scripture here again in Second Kings chapter six, we go to verse eighteen. So when the Syrians came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Strike this people, I pray, with blindness. 
and he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. It's very interesting, the construct there is Elisha prayed. Elisha didn't command. He didn't say, God, strike them. He prayed. And later in the passage, we're going to see the other word where he says, Lord, do this. The humility. I find great pause sometimes when you hear things or you read things, whether it's on social media or you might hear somebody in a, in a comment, how forceful they are, it seems, in telling God what to do. We need to take the example of Elisha is that he prayed. He was humble. And he said, strike them with blindness. Strike them with blindness. So let's remember that part of humility. Now I want to back up and look at this, this passage where it talks about there are more that is with, are with us than is with them. There are more, verse 16, so he answered, do not fear for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. That was a, that's a very interesting thing because he didn't say there are more with us than there are of them. There are more with us than there are with them. It's very interesting because who did he show to the servants? Who did he ask God to open his eyes so his servant can see? It was the hosts. It was the hosts of people. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Elisha had forces that were not visible to the servant, that were protecting him. And so when he says, those that are with us are more than those that are with them, he seems to be speaking to a spiritual warfare. They're more with us than are with them. Didn't say there's more of them with us than there are of them, like I said. So we have to remember that there's this spiritual warfare that goes on, this spiritual battle that goes on. There's a spiritual war that goes on, and in our, what we can see, we count the heads, and we say, well, there's me, Elisha, and then Elisha, there's you, and then there's me, and there's me and you, Elisha. It's still two. I count it both ways, and it's still two. And he looks at the two and looking at all this mass, but in the, in the spiritual realm, the count's different. The forces that are with Elisha, and I could say the forces that are with us, if we're following God, are much more than are with them. 
In the spiritual realm, there's a different battle going on. There's a, there's a different score. There's a different power. And we, in our weakness, Elisha and his servant, in this case, are no match for those armies. But there are more with us than are with them. So in the spiritual different and so he's like don't be fearful but see they still came down verse 18 they still came down Elisha says strike this people I pray with blindness and he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elijah the the power became visible by making it things invisible to the enemy. Isn't that kind of interesting? God revealed himself by closing the eyes of the enemy. And then led them 12 miles to Dothan. Twelve miles to Dothan. Wow. See, God revealed truth to Elisha. And Elisha shared that truth with the king of Israel. Elisha revealed truth to the king of Israel that thwarted the plans of the opponent, that thwarted the plans. Maybe if we said the evil, it was in opposition. But being the carrier of the truth made Elisha a target. Just Elisha. He was revealed to Israel, and Israel was thwarting these plans. But Elisha, as the revealer, the, the giving of the truth, see, They were going about these skirmishes and stuff, but they went after Elisha, the individual. He was revealing this truth on his own, but it was given to him by God. They couldn't, they didn't go after necessarily the full forces. They found what they thought is just a man, it's just an individual, we'll go after them. So he goes after him and surrounds them. In a conventional style, in a conventional way, in the human way, with the human strength, against a man and his servant, not understanding or comprehending that they could not, in their human forces, in their human way, overcome these two individuals, because there was more with those two individuals. There were more with those two individuals than were with the masses of people. Think about the math of that. Think about the math of that. If you says, I got the, all this power that God's brought forward, divided by, available to these two, 
Think of how all that average is if you do math. And you think about, you've got this power over here divided by all these masses. They just don't have it. They can amass all the people they want. They can bring all the people against that they want. But these two have more with them than all the masses. Doesn't it get lonely sometimes? Or does it feel lonely sometimes serving God? And sometimes we forget, like Elisha's predecessor, Elijah, that there were several. Elijah thought it was just him. But God had held back several from bowing to Baal. But even when we're alone and we're thinking there's overmassing forces, there is still more with us than is with them. So Elisha saw and was not fearful because he knew that God was providing. He knew God provided the truth And he was also seeing God defending the truth bearer. But not everybody working with Elisha could see. Sometimes we need to help those that are with us to see. Lord, open their eyes to see that we're on the right path, that you're doing the right thing, that you're in the right battle, and that there are more with us than is with them. See, the enemy was blinded. When they went into the city, they were not even aware of their own peril. We know that people are on a perilous track, but they're not even aware of their own peril. But we should continue in our path and maybe allow God to use us to make them aware of their own peril. But we can't necessarily describe it to them. It can't take always work with a speech. Sometimes they have to have the gift of desperation, I guess you would say. I was in a class with a, a, an individual, and, and he had talked about his, I think it was his son or something like that, that went through problems with, with drugs, and his son, I think... Uh, went to a group setting, but the story came out that sometimes for someone to finally wake up, it's like the prodigal son feeding the pigs, they have to get to a place of desperation. They were desperate there in Samaria. There was nothing they would do. They're completely surrounded. They had to come to an awareness, and there's this thing, a phrase, the gift of desperation. There comes a point when we need to allow people to feel the weight of sin and the conviction of God. They need to feel the weight of conviction, the consequences for their choices before it's too late. Because sometimes words don't wake people up. They have to feel it. And we need to be in a place that we can be there. But in this situation, Sometimes we're in a, we can get in a situation and maybe we're having a discussion and we have to be careful it doesn't turn so much into a debate and the debate becomes a game. And then when we try to win the argument, we want to spike the ball. You're having a discussion about people needing to be saved 
or you're having a discussion on eternity, and you're going back and forth, and you forget the purpose of the discussion is to win them the Christ that becomes about winning the debate. And then when you, they kind of sit back and they get it, instead of coming forward humbly like they did here, you come in and say, see, I was right. They know you were right already, but you lost your humility. You spiked the ball. You missed the opportunity. How great God is in sharing that love. Sometimes we get our eyes on the physical and what we can see. And in our Western cultures, that's natural. We've gotten so caught up in the science, or we've gotten the science of things. And sometimes the science that we talk about isn't science. We get caught up in this, and we get caught up in that, and we forget about the spiritual realm. Do you remember the times maybe when you were walking by yourself in the middle of the night somewhere and you could sense the presence of God so close that maybe you could almost hold his hand as it were? Do you remember the times when you've been in services or in, in, uh, around a campfire singing praises or, or, or maybe in an altar call or a service and you, you sense the Holy Spirit moving in waves across the congregation? There is a spiritual realm. And there's spiritual battles. And what's our spiritual weapon? It's praying. It's being in the Bible. The, the Bible is the strength. But we pray and we have a relationship with God. And we ask. Elisha prayed. And God granted. We see later he used the the phrase in verse 18, struck the people, I pray with blindness, and then later he says verse 20, so it was when they came to Samaria that Elijah said, Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see, and the Lord opened their eyes. So he went and says, Lord, that's he's acknowledging God, I think that's still humility in there. But when we're working with people and we're trying to get them saved and we're trying to lead them to God, we're having those concepts, there's a point we need to remember that our reasoning, our power, our ability is limited and we need to say, God, would you? We need to pray. We're walking around just our and our feeble mind and all the problems that we have and here we are, we have access to the throne of God and all those forces that are greater than is with them and we don't even pray. Lord, help them to see. Maybe it's our the weapon that we're least utilizing. And Elisha's prayers weren't long. But when you're working with people and you're trying to, Lord, send me someone to talk to, or when you're talking to someone, take pause and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you and seek God to answer, the, to help you answer the questions that are presented to you. It's 
So as we bear the truth in our churches to God, as we bear the truth in our society about God, as we bear the truth, we will become the target. But how do we respond? Do we respond in kind? Do we respond with our limited forces and with our limited mind? Or do we pray and ask God? And do then we provide leadership to the way, the path where they need to be to make them most vulnerable? God is there. We have to show courage in the truth. And we have to pray. And then we're going to have to pray that the Lord would help those around us to see the hope that we have. Those that are working with us, that maybe haven't been in the same battles that we've been in, that we need to keep moving forward for God and that we're not alone. But then when we get into the battles or we get in, in trouble because, not in trouble, but in peril, it would seem because we've been bearing the truth that we pray. And then what, watch what God will do. He might bring some blindness. He might either reveal them, but then you might have to lead them down a path to make them more vulnerable, as it were, to open their heart to God. But remember our humility. Remember that the victories we win, that God has provided the victory. Be careful on how we spike the ball. Or else we become like them. So let's close with this verse. Verse 16 of 2 Kings chapter 6. So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Let's be standing together. Father God, we do thank you for this scripture and that the hope that we are not alone, that we are mad. As we say, well, there's only so many of us and there's so many of them and so many that need this or so many that are in the dark, so many that are blind, so many, so many, so many. We forget and we don't pray. But we think it's only us. Help us to be in prayer. Lord, help us to accomplish your will. Help us to take courage in sharing the truth as truth bearers. Help us to not be in fear. Help us to encourage those around us. And then when they come to us, because we will become a target as truth bearers, that we would pray. Lord, there might be a period of blindness that they'll walk in, but it'll make them more vulnerable. And at that point, Lord, may we be humble at that point too, knowing how we should treat people. And it's really about pointing them to you. But Lord, they're going to maybe have to get in a more perilous frame of mind. They might attack us more. Father, if we want revival in this country, in this state, in this county, in this community, in our neighborhoods. For some, Father, it might need to get worse before it gets better. Help us to hold true. Help us to bear the truth. Help us to be in prayer. 
so that the spiritual warfare that needs to take place, that ramifies itself, dear Lord, in the physical, that, Lord, we would not fear, we would have courage, that we would have strength, and, Father, that we might mean when many to you help us to be that light on the hill. Guide and direct us, we pray, in Jesus' name, amen. As we pray as a congregation, as with our heads are bowed, we just contemplate.